The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show. I'm Dr. Dream Kelly Sullivan Walden here on Unity Online Radio. And I said it's funny that I had a frog in my throat. We're going to be talking about animals on the show today and stepping inside the point of view of the animals. I have an amazing guest with a big, beautiful bio that I'm not even going to read because I just want to bring her on. She is, I'm just going to say the most basic things about this amazing woman. She's a writer. She has published many, many books. She, and some of her books include animal voices, animal teachings, animal guides, shape-shifting with our animal companions, the animal wisdom tarot, and dreaming with polar bears, And I was referred to her by the amazing Heather Ensworth. And I'm so shout out to Heather Ensworth and her book with Christina Lee called From Trauma to Healing. And I am a trauma to freedom, sorry, trauma to freedom. And I'm just so grateful. I've been looking forward to this interview for so long. I just got so verklempt. So Dawn Brunke, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Nice to be here. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm really grateful to have you here. And I'm, I've been so I've actually been talking about you behind your back in a really good way, because you're somebody who doesn't just dream about animals, but you're but you also have the awareness that they're dreaming about you as well. And I think this is such a fascinating phenomenon. So Let's go, let's just go back and take people into uh, how you got into animal communication and also being so fascinated by dreams. Okay, well, that's a very, that's a very big question. Um, kind of two different answers. I guess I'll start with the dreams, which is that I've always been fascinated by dreams, even as a young child. I could not understand why people were not more fascinated with their dreams. I mean, to me, it was just this amazing time when you could, when you had stories and um, amazing things could happen. I remember as a child, I was really, um, I loved to fly in my dreams. That was one of my, uh, uh, one of my special things to do. And um, so it was just, it was just odd and curious and fascinating to me that more people weren't interested. So even from a very young age, I think from maybe uh, oh third or fourth grade, I kept a dream journal. I just I just love these stories that would go on. So that kind of has continued throughout my life. Um, as far as animal communication goes, I've always felt connected to animals. But when I moved to Alaska um, about 25 years ago, um, I became the editor of a health and wellness magazine. And one of the first articles I worked with was a woman who talked to animals. And I just thought. How fascinating is that, right? So it was just this 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 chance kind of thing of editing her paper that ended up um, uh, kind of stimulating me to contact other animal communicators and learn how this worked and interviewed them. And through the process of interviewing them, and it ended up being maybe two dozen different people, um, that's kind of how I came to write my first book, Animal Voices, which is kind of a compilation of my experiences and interviews with different communicators. And this was way back in the day before, you know, animal communication was a thing or well known. Um, and, and through that process of writing the book, I just um, kind of organically opened up to uh, talking with animals. So I never never took a workshop or, or had any, uh, you know, specific instruction. I think it was a little bit through osmosis and a little mm-hmm. bit just through, um, you know, just through the way I am, which is um, someone who's very curious by the natural world and by animals and by other um other states of consciousness i've always been really fascinated by that as well so Mm. Mm. love it yeah i want to talk about the polar bears because this is so fascinating um 
about how you, so bring us into your, how you became connected with the polar bear and the polar bear cancel so fast. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it is kind of a long story. I wrote a whole book about it. So dreaming (laughs) polar bears, by the way, everyone should get it. I think, you know, since you work with dreams, you'll appreciate that a lot of a lot of the dreams that we have kind of set the stage for future dreams. And um, I, I will tell you about about the key dreams that that sparked this connection. But I, I just want to preface it by saying I I have had um, dreams about bears, not just bears, but I have had dreams about bears ever since I was like five years old. And one of them was where there was a polar bear in my closet and it called to me and and i met this polar bear we walked around the room and then in my teens i had dreams about bears and i did have a series it was so interesting i kind of looked back in my dream journals another reason why dream journals are so important and i found that i had a series of dreams about bears and specifically being afraid of bears and and um that went on for about six or seven years maybe a dream a year or so but when i looked back in my journals i saw how they were all connected huh and the reason i'm saying all this is i do believe those dreams were foundational dreams for the experience that i had um Um, about the specific bear and um, this series of dreams uh, which were about let's see maybe I don't know eight or nine years ago now um, they were they were very short uh, very clear dreams Um, I called them seed dreams because they were just it, it didn't feel like I had to work with them it felt they just were what they were and in each dream I was walking beside a polar bear I was always on the right side he was on the left we were just walking through the arctic the scenery sometimes changed, the weather, but always I was aware of the walking and the movement. And again, I think this goes back to that dream I mentioned before as a child of walking with this polar bear around my room. So there's mm-hmm. something very much related to movement with the polar bears, um, a kind of a meditative quality, huh? It helps you sink down. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I would have these dreams maybe every couple months. I probably had, I don't know, eight or nine of them. And in the final one, I was walking beside the polar bear and I suddenly remembered, oh, I've been here before. And it was this deepening of, oh, I'm dreaming. Mm. I'm awake within my dream. And I turned to look at the polar bear just as he turned to look at me. And there was a moment in which I was in his head seeing me and I could tell he was in my head seeing me. And I think there was this recognition, this mutual recognition that we were both awake and aware in our dreams. And it was a joined dream. And when I woke from that, I was so super excited because this was a a new type of dreaming for me. It was, I could tell I was on the brink of something really significant and powerful. And that's kind of how it opened me to this whole, um, as to what I describe in the book, this whole relationship with this particular bear and with the Polar Bear Council, which is kind of a, a group of spirit bears who dealt with dreaming or who deal with dreaming. Um, they're still there. <laughs> they're still present. <laughs> and do you yeah. often, are you still in communication with them? You know, I, uh, I'm i a writer, so I'm always on kind of a, a next project. So uh-huh. um, right. I, at, at times I am, and at times I will dream about bears kind of as a renewal. But I feel like... Um, you know, with the polar bear council and with the specific bear, we had a we had an agreement and we had a project and we we worked on it and we finished it and then there was just kind of a graceful letting go of that and um, yeah, it's not to say I'm cut off from it, but it's just right. you know my attention is a little elsewhere right now. So right, and you did such an incredible job with that book. It's it's pretty complete. There's Thank so you. many layers. So just um, as a way of relating in my world, my husband, before he became my husband, when we were um, just getting to know each other, he's he started this project with a neighbor of his called the Laurel Canyon Animal Company, where they started to first um, make music for the dogs in the neighborhood, like for the dogs, not for the people. Mm-hmm. And then and then they and then the cats and then the birds and then it opened up to the gorilla foundation and then it just kept expanding and then they started bringing in animal communicators to really make sure that the music was what animals would like and they even did focus groups with animals to make sure that the music was yeah and they 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 worked with the pink dolphins in the amazon Mm -hmm. and got some 
some people that were able to communicate with the dolphins. And it was so fascinating to be in that world and to see animals, like you say, they're like not as lesser creatures or not as less intelligent, but to but to really recognize the vast intelligence that they have and to sit it, you know, sit on our, be on our knees and, and get the, and receive the guidance from them. What would you say the, some of the deepest wisdom that you earned and learned from the polar bears would be? Okay. Well, I'd like to just preface it by saying, I love that project that you're expressed <laughs> because to me that, and that is part of the answer, which is, I think um, the polar bears, well, I think many animals are really asking humans kind of more to step up to the plate and to work in partnership with animals. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we're the teachers, sometimes they're the teachers, and sometimes we're just melded in a creative partnership. Um, and that, that in itself is just amazing, huh? It opens your heart, it opens your senses, it reattunes us huh, to the earth and mm -hmm. to other beings. So um, if I have to pick, you know, just a few things of what polar bears would want humans to know, I think it's uh, number one to wake up. <laughs> right. So I think we're incredibly um, mm. diverted right now and so uh, focused on these little petty arguments and, and mm. I'm right and you're wrong and da 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 We're so stunted in this. And, um, you know, I think dreaming, it's an amazing tool that we can all use for free, right? I mean, it's the, these, these amazing suggestions and advice and insights come to us. They come from our deeper being. Sometimes they come from other animals. That's, that's one way, actually, sometimes animal communicators talk about being open to animals as it comes in the dream world. Um, so the polar bears in general, I think, have a, a, a deep connection to dreaming and a vested interest in getting humans to um, deepen ourselves. You know, that's really what it is. It's not that we can't dream or can't do that. It's where is our focus? Um, right. right. A lot of a lot of animals have told me, you know, they kind of call the humans sometimes the surface people. And when I first heard that, I thought, oh, it's because we walk on the surface of the earth. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's because oh, oh, ouch. you're on the surface of your consciousness, you know? And it was, and then I realized, oh, it's a little, that's a little dig at us, huh? That's a little derogatory. But, but oh. they meant it in a good way. And they meant it in a way it was like, hey, you know, um, we do have this depth to us. Human, the human animal does have this depth and this connection with other animals. And why aren't we tapping into that? Huh? What is keeping us from, from really um, exploring all of ourselves rather than diverting to this so much on the surface? Huh? You know, and I think exploring those larger forms of consciousness, they're not only fun, but they're so informative. And they help us realize that we're not only responsible for ourselves, but we're responsible for each other, other humans, other animals, and our planet. Ooh. I, I was talking to um, an animal communicator who communicated with whales a number of years ago. And in his opinion, <clears throat> and, I'm, and I know there's an intelligence in all animals, and I don't know that there's a hierarchy, truly, but mm -hmm. in his opinion, he thought that our species, the, the surface people species, would be, would be, our consciousness could be greatly accelerated and amplified if we hung out with whale consciousness, like even mm -hmm. just, just meditated on imagining that we were with them. And, mm -hmm. and if we could take it a step further and actually imagine, like you say, like going inside and being like communing, true communing, being mm -hmm. with them and connected with them. What's your opinion on that? And is there, in your opinion, any hierarchy or is it just who we're gravitated to? Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I, I think it's, I think you can do that with any animal, including mm -hmm. the human animal, which would probably yeah. be our final exam, our final test. <laughs> right. Um, it's, really, it's really how, how deep or how wide or how expansive are you willing to be? I mean, we can sit with, um, a, you know, um, a grasshopper and mm -hmm. learn intense, you know, just, uh, things that'll blow your mind, that'll blow our minds. Same with whales, same with polar bears, same with horses. I just think all animals uh, bring their own unique gifts to the planet. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we can rejoice in. You know, we kind of live on the planet of diversity. And um, so, no, I don't I don't have a hierarchy of, of animals or species. Um, I think we can learn from all. And and I guess it's as you say, you know, where where, where is your uh, where, where do you gravitate to? What's your joy? What's your bliss? Where do you where do you want to learn? And and sometimes that comes naturally. Huh? Sometimes we just have a situation where we uh, meet an animal in a unique way and have an opportunity to deepen. So right. as you're. As you're- I'm sorry, can I just say one more thing, which is just, I want to say that really the homework is working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we can have these great expansive experiences, but unless we've, we've really done the work to kind of deepen and quiet ourselves, Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult to do. So um, there's no magic bullet out there. There's no, there's, you know, I, I just think it, it's something humans right now, especially kind of don't like to do, which is to do the work, to work on ourselves, to look at what blocks us from this communication, right? <laughs> oh God, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And yet I think there's some of the work can be, like I, at least this is in my opinion, tell me what you think. When, when somebody has a really uplifting dream where they're flying or they're mm-hmm. communing with Jesus or, or mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama or, or they're, they're in the presence of a great being, or having some kind of a transcendent dream. And instead of saying, oh, that was just a dream, too bad it's over. Yeah. We can reconnect meditatively to the dream and kind of match that vibration and bridge it so that it becomes more of a, like part of our playlist, so to speak, of, of the thoughts that we go to if we access it often right. enough. Right, exactly. I mean, I think number one, respect for our dreams is really important. You know, when people say, "Oh, it was only a dream," I like to say to them, "Well, tell me about it. Let's let's hear yeah. it." And then, just with just a little bit of encouragement, I, a lot of times this amazing dream will come forth, and I can watch the person just be so inspired and uplifted by that. And um, you know, a lot of times it offers uh, food for thought and mm. and suggests we go in a different direction and. It's just funny you mentioned the Dalai Lama because I was thinking of a dream just oh, when you said that, where um, I, I was at a party and the Dalai Lama was sitting next to a gorilla and they invited <laughs> me over and we had this amazing conversation. <laughs> oh my God, tell me about it. Oh my God, that's great. It was a long time ago. I'm going to have to look it up, but um, oh, I just remember okay. the Dalai Lama being very, you know how he is. He has that kind of, uh, yeah. that childlike little laugh at times and the gorilla. Yeah. And I remember him putting his hand on the gorilla's knee and patting it like, like we're good buddies, you know? And, and it's just this wonderful, I mean, oh. even that, even that visual, huh, is enough yeah. to, to kind of, open us to considering new possibilities of how we are in the world. Oh God, that is fantastic. I love that. And especially like I was mentioning, we did, we, we actually created an album with Coco the gorilla. We produced Mm -hmm. an Mm -hmm. album with her Mm -hmm. where she would produce it with us. She would say, because she could speak actually American sign language. She was able to say what lyrics she liked, what lyrics she didn't like. There was one line in a, in a lyric that I wrote because she's born on the 4th of July. And I said, do you think I'd lie? And she said, I would never lie. Take, like, get rid of that. Nope, mm-hmm. I'm not a liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had to change it to, and that's no lie. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. I'll... <laughs> what a gift to get to communicate with a being that actually does speak English. It's so interesting but oh but to add the Dalai Lama to that how powerful Mm. oh my heavens so (laughs) I wanted to there's a couple things I want to run by you if if we can Mm -hmm. um I want to get into some of the things in the back of your book about dreaming dreaming with polar bears Mm -hmm. um you taught you offer some really great grounded techniques so that anybody who wants to be a more powerful dreamer or dream with maybe the animal of choice or deepen their lucidity, they can follow. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, my question to you is, because I know I've heard this so many times lately leading up to my interview with you, is if we can deliberately dream about animals, then can we deliberately dream with and connect with somebody that may be missing 
from our lives, whether they be on the other side because their bodies are no longer here mm-hmm. or because they've literally gone missing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just tell you for a quick second, there, I'm going to start a series in a few weeks um, on this show where I'm going to be inviting dreamers to help find a missing woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a neighbor of mine who, um, who's been looking for her daughter for the last nine years mm-hmm. and the police detectives, psychics, nobody's been able to find her They And they, you know, what they have found has, has been inconclusive. And I thought, let's, let's bring some dreamers in to see mm-hmm. if we can discover some information that can put this mother's mind and heart at rest. So is that from your perspective, is it just as easy to tap into a human as it is to an animal or just speak to that whole, that whole mess that I sure. just gave you? <laughs> well, yeah, and my answer is, I think it really depends on who you are and what your gifts are, you know, um, how, how much uh, experience or how much depth or uh, maybe a better way to say it is what's your relationship with your dream world, yeah. right? So sometimes I might want to dream about something and, you know, it's not like I can just say, okay, well, I'm going to dream about this. And then that night I dream about it. Rather, it's, you know, it's a more of a a give and take thing where I'm um, opening myself to like, I'd like to focus on this. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think it's like I, you put your emotions into it and, and you feel for it. And then the dream world responds, you know, and the other side of that, as you know, is how do we interpret our dreams? How do we deal with the symbols and the language, you know, either verbal language or uh, symbolic language, uh, that comes to us. So there's really an art, I think, to all of this. Um, short answer is yes, I do believe we can connect with really any form of consciousness or, you know, really any dimensional aspect of consciousness. Um, it's, it's, I think uh, my feeling is that, I always like to present a buffet of techniques. Here's a lot of different techniques. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been a fan of the one size fits all mentality. I think we all have our unique ways of working. And so um, the more expansive the buffet of techniques, the more you can pick and choose what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are talented in one you know, aspect over another. Some people naturally gravitate to talking to the deceased. Some people naturally tr- gravitate to talking to animals. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a multi-leveled answer, really, to 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 the question and to um, again where your focus is and how deep you're willing to go and um, how creative you can be. I think also in interpreting, you know, interpreting dreams. Right? Dreams are coded messages to us quite often. Sometimes they're very literal, but more often they're they're pretty coded. And um, how do we play with that? Huh? Right, because you might set the the perfect intention to incubate a particular dream about somebody or something, and you might have a dream that seems to be off topic, but if you look at it symbolically, it might be absolutely bullseye. Yeah, yeah. I do believe our dreams always answer us. So if you do ask yeah. that question, I do believe you'll get the answer. It might not be in the way that you imagine it. It might be a little later, a little earlier. So I've already asked a question of a dream, and I realized I had the answer about two weeks before. And, it's <laughs> and when I look back to my dream journal, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So we're about to go to a quick break and I'm going to invite our listeners to call in. If you have a dream or a dream question or a particular animal that you have communicated with and you'd like to share about, or you'd You've got questions for this amazing woman, Dawn Bauman Brunke. Her website is, oh my goodness, where did it go? <clears throat> it's Dreaming with the Animals. Can you tell people how uh, they can reach you? Or yeah. animalvoices.net. Right, animalvoices.net. That's correct. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> we'll, and we'll talk about all of the other ways that people can reach you when we get to the other side of this break. But this is so fascinating. And the book that we've been talking about mostly is Dreaming with Polar Bears, which I highly, highly recommend. It's so profound, so deep. So we'll be right back on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be with you and your questions in just a minute.
we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm Dr. Dream and the number to call in if you have a question about your dreams or you'd like to talk to my amazing guest, Dawn Bauman Brunke. Um, her book, the she's got many books, but the one we're talking about today is Dreaming with Polar Bears. And if you've got a question for her about animals and dreams, um, the number to call is 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. So just a couple of quick little announcements before we get back into the rest of the show. Um, the Luminous Humanness Meditation app just came out yesterday so you can find that in wherever you get apps, wherever you download apps in the Apple Store or whether it's iOS or um, whatever isn't iOS. <laughs> Sorry to be an, an Apple snob, but <laughs> there are it's a wonderful app and it's um, a wonderful meditation app and it's available right now. And I'm so excited about that. And let's see, the Luminous Humanness book is also out newly. The message for today, June 3rd, is you are intact. There's a part of you that has never been touched by the drama of the world. No matter what you've been through, you can call on your true nature, the you that has never been bruised, tarnished, or even ruffled by harshness. The more you remember and access this, the more your center can grow to become your circumference. Affirmation. The true me is the part of me that has never been hurt. The rest is my story. All right, so let's get into, there's a few things that we wanted to talk about, Dawn. Um, mm -hmm. I know you've got, so first of all, I want everyone to get Dreaming with Polar Bears. It is fascinating, powerful, and I know you will love it. Um, Dawn, you're offering a 20% discount on tarot readings and also some an animal readings. So tell us about what you're offering. And how yeah, well, I do animal communication talks. So that's a one-on-one -on -one talk via Zoom or, or Skype or, or phone with you and your animal. And we kind of mm -hmm. do a, a three-way talk, you know, if you're having behavioral issues or you just want to learn more about your animal, or even if your animal is passed on to the spirit world, we can connect that way. And then I also do tarot readings, which actually, you know, I was just thinking about tarot mm -hmm. readings. It's sort of like dream interpretation, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. We're using the cards in a way as if to, you know, put down our dream and then we're reading. And I love doing tarot readings. So um, I, I uh, as you mentioned in the beginning, I, I wrote, a, 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 I created a deck, the Animal Wisdom Tarot. And um, so I use that deck and, um, you know, you bring your questions and it just unfolds. That's usually a really fun, fun thing to do. So, Ooh. yes, 20% off for, um, you know, if you're just interested in how it works, that's a, a good way to start. That's great. And you've got a new book that you just signed a deal for called Shadow Animals. Shadow yes. Animals. This oh, has been so something excited. I've been working on for quite a while. I My, the, my last book, in between Dreaming with Polar Bears and this one, uh, was called Awakening the Ancient Power of Snake. Mm. And that actually, that book started with a dream, a dream about a snake, a big, powerful snake. And um, I become, became fascinated with snakes. And I wrote this book just to bring their mythology back into consciousness. And um, we really looked at a lot of different subjects in that book. But um, it, it made me aware that there are certain animals that I call, I, that we would call shadow animals. They're animals we're either afraid of or that we don't like or that we, you know, in some way distance from ourselves. And I realized when working with snake how powerful those animals really are. So the book I wrote after that, uh, the shadow animal book, looks at a lot of different animals 
um, like I said, that you're afraid of or that you don't care for or that may appear in your dreams in threatening ways. And how do we deal with that? And how do we work with those animals to actually learn something about what we're holding inside? You know, it's not the animal that's the problem. It's our attitude or our thoughts or our beliefs about the animal. So animals are so wonderful in working with us in partnership. And that's what this book is really about is working with in partnership with animals that you might, uh, you know, feel less than joyful about and, and <laughs> what they can bring to you, what teaching they can bring to you and how you can help them as well. So Oh, I'm so was, excited about this book. I can't wait to get it. But also the the snake book. What did you say the title of that one is? I want to uh, that one is called Awakening the Ancient Power of Snake. Awakening the Ancient Power of Snake. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So um that's one dream that I hear quite a bit on this show. So mm -hmm. in general, mm -hmm. I mean, I always, you know, my first if I see a snake yesterday, I saw a snake on the trail as I was hiking and I was like, ugh. I kind of recoiled. It's like my mm -hmm. first reaction. But in a dream, I've trained myself if I dream about a snake that I I feel like it's a it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. But I know that's not the common perception. It's like we have this association with the Garden of Eden and mm -hmm. snakes are vicious or they're seductive or they're trying to lure us in to some some conniving conniving situation. But you, I, from the interview that you did with Heather um, Ensworth for the, their Healing Ourselves, Healing the World Summit um, for the launch of their book, Trauma to Freedom, you talk about how way back when the snakes, just like goddesses and just like the number 13, all of these things used to be actually really powerful and seen in a beloved way. Can you just say a little bit about that? Right, that's totally true. That's what I, one of the first things I discovered about snakes when I started doing the relation, uh, doing the research, is that you know in the older times snakes were very much a god goddess um, elevation or or regarded as such. They regard us as as the wisest of animals, their eyes are always open. And mm. you see in so many older statues or or, or uh, you know artworks, a uh, snake as protecting. Uh, gods and goddesses and aligned with them. Right. So how has that shifted? I mean, that was one of my key questions for the book. How has it shifted that snake has gotten such bad PR from humans? Right. And why right. do we fear them so much? And, and, you know, short answer is, I think we fear our own, our own power, our own greatness, mm -hmm. our own wisdom. Mm -hmm. And um, snake uh, does appear so often in dreams, I think most often as a symbol of transformation as a sign that we're ready to, to, you know, let go of our old skin and, and move into something new and, and evolve. And, um, and there's just so much about snake. I could spend oh. a lot with you. Talking right. about you could write a whole book on it. Oh, wait a minute. You sure. have. Okay. <laughs> I am really excited about that. I just recently discovered in talking with somebody who had a dream about an orange cobra coming after them in this, in the conversation, somebody brought up how um, Siddhartha, before he became the Buddha mm -hmm. was underneath the Bodhi tree. But in the images, like the, the pictures of it, it's depicted with a, with an orange Cobra over the, over him. Like, mm -hmm. and I had never seen that. It had never oh, yeah. registered that even that it's like being protected by the right. snake. So, wow. Even way back to that ancient time and that time. Um, so let's take, let's take a dream from one of our favorite dreamers who calls in the show quite often. It wouldn't be a show without her. Denise, you are on. I don't know if you can hear me. I hope you can. Are you there, Denise? Hi. Yeah, can you hear me? Yay, Denise, we can hear you. So say hello to Don Brunke. And what dreams do you have for us today? Okay, hi, Don. Okay, Don, I talk real fast. I talk real fast. Okay, I talk real fast. <laughs> a really interesting dream because I, I didn't really. Ooh, honey, you're cutting out a little bit. Was, yeah. Can you hear me? I am. You are. How about now? Well, about right, now? let's keep trying. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, that sounded clear. Okay, can you hear me now? I'm going to go outside if I have to. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're sounding okay right now. Go ahead. Let's try it. Okay, good. 
Okay. Um, I was in a store. I believe a store. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was playing with a small dog. I was holding a small dog. Mm. And all of a sudden, I decided, okay, let me go look for a collar for the dog. So I mm. walked down an aisle, go to the, can you still hear me? Yes, you're great now. Okay, good. Okay. So I go down to the, um, to the section where there's dog stuff, and all of a sudden, there's a piece of candy. So <laughs> then I take the candy, I unwrap it, and I put it in my mouth. And that was the end of the dream. So I don't know if I ever got the collar. And I'm not even a big candy eater, if at all. So I was kind of taken back. What I found interesting about the dream, and I don't know what you know, I thought it was, you're not going to believe this, but I found the most interesting part of the dream is I had to unwrap the candy. Because candy Mm -hmm. is wrapped on two ends, and it's so meticulous. And I found Mm -hmm. something extraordinary about that but that's the end of the dream okay oh right i love that i love that okay dawn i'm gonna hand the talking <laughs> stick to you what oh would you say goodness. to denise about her dream uh well <clears throat> without knowing your background it's, a, it's sometimes a little hard to you know to go into that but i am struck usually what i do when i first look at my dreams is i look at the key images so we have dog we have, well, we have store, which is the background, which is interesting, right? The background of a dream yeah. always kind of sets the stage. So there's store, which is where things are bought and sold. Then we have the dog. Then we have the collar mm-hmm. or the idea mm-hmm. of a collar. And then mm-hmm. we have candy. Mm-hmm. And I am sort mm-hmm. of looking at how the candy and the collar fit together. This is mouth, you know, throat stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there's something there. Perhaps the candy is about the sweetness of life. It sounds like you were mm. happy about the dog, so there's something about joy there. I um, love dogs. And it's interesting about I'm, the collar, huh? So maybe there's something about the throat, about, um, I don't know, I'm just riffing here. So, yeah. um, okay. you know, expressing your joy, is that something you do easily? Um, um, voicing your your love for animals, for candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, candy, I think, mm-hmm. is the sweetness of life, huh? Or or a treat, or something like that. So I would just start to play with these uh, symbols, and then ask you, you know, how does that relate? Does do you find something there? Does that spark a thought in you? How's that landing on you so far, Denise? I mean, you know, I don't have a dog. I love dogs. I walk a dog mm-hmm. for a man who has ASL who cannot walk. Jenny, mm. but Jenny is a huge lab. This was a mm-hmm. small dog in the dream. Mm. Um, and it's almost like I found him. It's almost like, oh, there's a dog. And I pick it up. Then I said, okay, well, since this is going to be my dog, let me get a collar. But then when I go to the collar, all of a sudden there's candy there. And I took mm-hmm. one piece and I unwrapped it, put it in my mouth. And of course, I was holding the dog in the dream ending. So if you, in like a word or two, if I were an alien and didn't know what a small dog was, describe that. What's the essence of a small dog? The essence of a small dog or any dog is um, love. They give Mm. you attention. They give you love. They don't judge. Mm. They adore you. Mm. They adore you. Now, let me say something Mm. real quick. You're not going to like this. I'm kind of contrary. I (laughs) don't believe in my spirit that a dog is man's best friend because I right. believe a dog mm. will bite the hands that feed it. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, okay. Okay, well, I think and that's you, a you see very... the news all the time where a dog, a dog, you know, hurt somebody or kill somebody, and sometimes it's even the same very people that it lived in the house with. So, interesting. Thought, yeah. Well, this mm-hmm. brings but up... I love a so... dog. So if this were my dream, I'm just going to riff on this for a quick second. Okay. Um, it feels like if this is my dream, I'm. this is about my maybe my relationship with love. It's kind of like here's this mm. this gift of love. Here, have it. And and I'm, I'm wanting to connect myself with it, but I'm wanting to harness it. I'm wanting to put a collar on mm. it so that I can be in the control position. So mm-hmm. it, I yeah. have control of it. It's, yeah. it, it, it can't hurt me if I'm in control of it like this. So yeah. it's like as much as I'm happy about it, I'm also reticent about it. And um, and it might this this thing that is adorable and precious and lovable 
might hurt me. So I, it makes me feel vulnerable. And it feels like the collar is kind of like a, I'm not getting rid of the dog, but I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to have some control. That's what that feels like for me. I did have a dream once about a, 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 where a collar, dog collar played a very significant role. And I realized it was kind of connecting me with it, but so that I could be in control as opposed to kind of what we've been talking about in this show today, in a way, it's mm -hmm. kind of like turning, like being in reverence to the animals and sort of trusting them and opening to them, even big, wild animals, polar bears, you know, mm -hmm. and in some way, trusting love, like even if I get bit, even if I mm -hmm. hurt, like I'm going to be okay. Um, mm. but the TV, anytime candy shows up in a dream, it's just for me. It's like, I just like cake. Um, it's like a dessert, yeah. like a reward, like yeah. maybe I'm on the right track. So, yeah. so maybe getting yeah. this collar is a step toward connecting more deeply, finding my way of my way in safety to open myself to mm. this, this, this okay, loving quick, instinctual aspect of self. I see what you're saying. One quick question. So. Am I, oh God, am I, I don't want to say this, am I in some way in, the, in life, in, in the dream, whatever, afraid because when it was time to get the collar, ah, uh, let, mm -hmm. let me eat candy. In other words, the dream focused me to not put any concentration on the dog anymore and to adore the candy. Am I mm -hmm. making sense a little bit? Does that make any sense? Go, Don. Oh, well, I was actually thinking about that when you first said yeah. it, I didn't know how deep you wanted to go, but you know, it is a little bit, how to say this, if this was my dream, it would be a little diversionary where I'm, want, I'm, I'm with this dog, I'm looking for a collar, again, something with the throat, voicing one's emotions, voicing things like that. And then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I deviate and I get this mm -hmm. candy. Mm. Almost as if the candy mm -hmm. is a little bit um, taking me away from what the, you know, the weightiness of the dream is or the core of the dream is. You know, mm. we think of candy as something sugary, something it is a reward or a, or a sweet sweetness of life, but mm -hmm. it's also kind of diversionary, huh? So I really like mm -hmm. your interpretation. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. The lady Denise. who had the train. Denise. 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 Okay, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I like that interpretation of, um, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something there about that dog that I'm, I'm not fully seeing or that I need to kind of focus about. And, 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 and since you associate it with love, maybe there is something there that, that I'm not loving fully either about myself or others. And am I expressing it? That's something that I would ask myself because again, the throat, am I expressing my love clearly? And am I love letting, am I allowing expressions of love come to me, you know, because the throat is a two way, a two way thing. We breathe in and we, um, you know, we eat and we, um, we speak with our throats. So, oh, so there's something there. The I think there's something, I think you're getting at it, Denise. I really do. For yeah. some reason, real, just to real. kind of riff on that, in Clarissa Pinkola Estes's book, Women Who Run With The Wolves, there, one of the stories in that book is about the dog. And I thought it was always interesting in her pers in in that story, it's about the dog consciousness being kind of like squirrel, ah, oh, like kind of easily <laughs> distracted, <laughs> and and the in the the story, and I wish I could remember more of the details. The initiation that the girl in the story had to had to do, like the challenge she was being poised with was to not be distracted, was to stay on task. Mm. And so I'm wondering yeah. if that, because it did, when you were first telling the dream, Denise, it did seem like there was something missing, like, like you didn't complete the mission of the dream. And dreams do move around like that. And sometimes we don't get to mm -hmm. finish what we start, but it does, it, um, while, since you brought it up, maybe there is something to stay on target with and not be like squirrel candy. Ah! Like what is the deeper thing that I'm wanting but, in order to have this love in my life? So, but it's something, something. you said that was deep real quick. And um, I, I like it too. Cause it, it, I just like what you said a few minutes ago, Kelly, I can, the candy I can control. <clears throat> so in the dream, even if the dog ran away, I can take that piece of candy because I got fingers and I can unwrap yeah. it and I can eat it and I can control the candy. 
I can control Ooh. the dog to a certain extent, <gasps> but I can control Ooh. that candy. Bingo. Mm. Bingo, bingo. Mm. Bingo was his name Oh, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Denise, I love you and your dreams. Thank you so much for calling in. I think that's something to percolate thank you, on. Dear. Thank you so much. And thank you, okay. your guest. She's gifted. Thank you. Yes, she is. Okay. Chris Hartz. Oh, my goodness. It's been a while since we've heard from you on this show. And I know the conversation about animals and dogs has probably percolated you. So what's on your heart today, Christopher Hartz? Uh, yes, I have... Uh, two uh, uh, big white German shepherds uh, that are very uh, cuddly and friendly. And what I've been uh, noticing, I had it during the other night with one of them, Sun Bear, a big 135-pound male white German shepherd. And we were running down a road uh, through, we ran through the woods, and what, it was dark, it was night. What amazed me was that I wasn't afraid. And I've noticed, started noticing more and more that when I'm afraid in a dream, the biggest part of that is feeling alone and abandoned. And if I have a friendly spirit animal, friend, fuzzy friend next to me, I cannot feel alone and abandoned. Uh, so that was uh, a great insight. And we came out of that and started on a road race. And uh, I saw these people. They're all looking at Sun Bear and cheering him and laughing at him. And uh, I, I started to, but didn't complete, going down in his uh, doing body jumping, as what it's called in uh, video games, uh, mm. body jumping into him so I could look out of his eyes and look up around the people but i absolutely want to do that uh soon so it's great that you're talking um, about this today dawn mm. yeah Any you know that sounds like that? such a beautiful confirmation dream just that um how we do align with our spirit animals in our dreams and how and it was a great insight wasn't it because that is one of the gifts of the dogs is is uh deep love and partnership companionship um, I also wanted to say one thing, and this kind of this applies to your dream as well as um, as well as Denise's. You know, I think sometimes when we do have dreams that feel unfinished or that we want to do more with, we can still do that. You know, yes. we we can do that with meditation. We can do that with even when you're kind of just you know, falling down into the dream state is to incubate that dream or ask that dream to reappear and, and you kind of, you know, have get a redo, huh? Mm. Or you get to go further in the dream. It's not even a redo necessarily, but you get to complete the dream or work with it a little more. Mm. Um, one of the other things I do, I said in my book, um, you were talking about the appendix, um, Kelly, is um, to have a conversation with your dream director or the dreams, you know, it's almost like yes. an active imagination type thing where you're asking like, well, if I was the director of the dream, why did I have this character do this or do that or right. motivation, you know, so we can mm. kind of tease out things in our dreams in that way. Um, so techniques I think could be helpful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that, by the way, is in the appendix of um, Don's book, Dreaming with Polar Bears. So everyone can get that. And um, I love this dream, Chris Hartz. I love this. And I love that I, it just feels so energizing to me to be able to Thank know you. that it I'm running through the woods. amazing because I was so convinced that the reason for the fear was because of, of the weird animals or, the you know, the, the fuzzy uh, uh, spirit ghosts that were kind of chasing after me. But it just turned out to be a feeling of separation, of being alone. And I have no such fear when uh, Sun Bear is next to me. And thanks for the tip, uh, Dawn. I will redo or continue uh, that dream. I'd forgotten I could do that. And mm -hmm. I shall. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Chris. It's always great to hear from you. Okay, so we've got just a couple minutes. Leilani Love calling in from newly relocated, newly located to Santa Monica, California. Leilani, what's your, do you have a quick Hi, question for women. Dawn? Yes, quick question. The snake comment made me think of a very mystical dream. You know the women that dance around the stones in the show Outlander? Yes. Oh, I was with oh, the, we oh. were those type of women swimming in the oceans, and around our ankles we had these beautiful, white, shimmery, 
uh, stone crystals, and we were oh. swimming to get them to an altar, and we had to swim over these snakes, and we were mm. swimming, and we were tele- telepathically communicating with our mind, and we got to the altar, and we helped each other take them off our ankles, and then we were <gasps> swimming away, and we're like, oh, no, more snakes, more snakes, and then I woke up. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Don, you've got one minute. Oh. <laughs> so, were you afraid of the snakes then in the dream, or, or were they helping you? I was afraid. I'm actually house-sitting, and there's a giant python I have to take care of, and I'm just kind of a... My, my former boyfriend in Argentina, his mother um, went to pick up a belt, and it was a snake, and she got bit, and she died. Oh, wow. Wow. So, there, you know, and, and that's the thing about snakes. I mean, we do have to be careful. We can, we can, this can happen. Oops. Are we still on? Yes, we are. We are. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting, you know, that you're, you're swimming above the snakes. And um, I, I, to me, that would be an encouraging dream. I'm swimming above my fears. I'm moving past Ooh, my okay. fears. There's something about okay. moving past oh. um, that you're going to an altar. And, you know, snakes do have to do with transformation. So sometimes we do need to mm. face our fears before we get to kind of an awakening point, huh? Oh, I love yeah. that. I, it feels like this is a dream to dip back into and pick it up where it left off and have that conversation with the dream director. Thank, thank you. you, Leilani. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, Christopher Hartz. And most especially, thank you, Don Brunke. Thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest today on the Ask Dr. Dream Show. Don's website is animalvoices.net, and she's running a 20% special on getting a private session with her, which I highly recommend. Don, thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Nice talking to you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.